I'm Karen Tushak, founder and CEO of Spider Silk Solutions, and welcome to Untangling the Webs. Today, my guest is Katie McLean, CEO and founder of Tusk Hub Inc. Previously working with large technology companies such as Oracle and Google and a large legal tech company, Katie has established herself as a thought leader in SaaS, innovation, and growth. Katie wears many hats as the founder of both Women at the Cap Table, or WACT, and Tusk Hub Inc., where she works on a wide range of organizations to deliver high performance and sustainable growth. Katie is a mentor to many women entrepreneurs, including myself, and I'm so lucky to not only call Katie my mentor and coach, but my friend. Welcome, Katie, and thank you for joining us. Thanks, Karen. Happy to be here. So Katie, in both your previous and present work, you have really embodied the growth mindset and are focused on creating growth for your clients and many organizations. Can you tell us a bit more about what the growth mindset is and why it's so important to your work? Absolutely. Um, well, the growth mindset really is basically people that are, are that believe that they can learn and grow, that they're not stuck at, at just one you know, core competency, that they always have the ability to to do more and learn more. And when you work in technology, that's so important, right? Absolutely. <laughs> if you look at a tech entrepreneur, they're looking at a new way of doing things. They've come up with a solution to a problem in in, in a company, in, a, in the way that we run our lives, a, a lot of different things. So you embody the growth mindset when you invent a product. Um, and at Tusca, because we work with tech startups and scale-ups and we help them to grow, we have to help them figure out, well, who are the people that are ready for the technology? Who are the early adopters? And who are the people that have a growth mindset? And even the companies that have a growth mindset, right? So... I can go to an example of how I met you, Karen, um, when I was working for the legal tech startup company. Imagine in, in the legal world, um, a new technology in sort of a risk-averse law firm. How, how would you introduce that technology? And what you do is you look for the early adopters. You look for the people that have a growth mindset. So when I asked around in the community, who has a growth mindset in legal? Your name came up. <laughs> so I reached out to you, Cole. Do you remember? I do. I absolutely do. <laughs> and you agreed to have lunch with the CEO and I, and we told you about the new product. And I thought you were going to burst. You were excited because that's something your track record has always been to adopt new products and to help organizations adopt them. And so really, that's why the growth mindset is so important in, in what I do and what tech startups do is because you need to find the people that are ready. And that makes it kind of fun because you're dealing with people just like you. I remember that first meeting and it was like, I I didn't want to leave the lunch, right? <laughs> like it was like, they were just so excited about so many ideas and had, I think we had all of our future meetings set up before we even left lunch. So, <laughs> Yeah, and then when you look at it, I'm, you know, the early adopters help shape the product as well. And so it's not just one idea, it's it's hearing ideas from everywhere uh, that make great products in my mind. I agree. And I was lucky to meet you at that lunch too. <laughs> so the tech industry has often been critiqued for lacking diversity, which can stifle innovation and growth. 
As a leader in this space, can you speak about how you've leveraged diversity in managing your teams and to achieve growth for you and your clients? Yeah, I've come over time to appreciate diversity more and more. Like when you're younger, you don't really realize why that matters. Um, But now that I've spent a little bit of time in the tech industry, I've often been the only person around, the only female around the boardroom table. And it's not only is it just men, oftentimes, it's a certain type of mindset. um, What would you call it? More linear thinkers in a lot of times. And so there's often many different kinds of differences. There's age differences, there's ethnicity differences, uh, cultural, whatever. And so how do you embrace all those things? Um, And when you can, I think you achieve the most innovation. So if you can handle being around someone whose opinion can be quite different than yours and where they come from can be much different, I think you achieve the most innovation. So for me, the tech companies that figure that out have to be the most successful because they're considering opinions of many different types of people. It's fun. And I've I've lived it a couple of times because we have mostly women in our company at Tesco. And often when we go in on a strategic growth consulting contract with a a tech company, we're, we're just meeting up with a bunch of guys. And that combination is actually really good. We're thinking about growth. They're often thinking about the product. And so recently we um, have been helping an AI company that is all that is all men, very technical. And we're pretty much the opposite. We're trying to think of how can we translate what you're saying so that everyone understands it? And how can we help you to get your message across to someone who might be threatened by the idea of AI? And so how do we help you translate that? And it's been really fun when you're, when you're in the room with the people that um, can accept coaching and can look at different ways of doing things, then that result, and, and that result can be really powerful. And so in this instance, we've been successful with this company in helping them to win new customers. It's interesting because I learned that early on in my leadership courses as well, that you always wanted to have a team that had people with different leadership styles and different opinions because then you got the, mo- the best of everything on your team. You didn't want everybody to be type A personalities. So yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> so with both Tusk Hub and WACT, you must hear a lot of pitches from a wide variety of entrepreneurs and startups. Based on your experience, what do you find are some of the common mistakes that prevent entrepreneurs and startups from growing their company? Well, I think what we were just talking about is not having a diverse team. Um, And there's lots of different ways of achieving diversity. Even if if you're all male founders, you can have female board members, you can have female advisors and customers and employees as well. So just that idea of you might get into groupthink if you're all the same and you might not see opportunity or change or things that someone who's looking at different things than you might see. So I, I'd say, div, you know, having a diverse team in whichever way you can accomplish that is great. Um, another one, which, you know, we've seen a few times is companies that, that, um, that develop their product in a vacuum. They forget to check in as they're developing the product with the people who will use it. 
And so I think that's something that was really effective with how we work with you, Karen, is um, checking in, getting your um, your feedback at every stage of the of the product, as well as many other stakeholders, uh, help to make the product really good. So that's another one. Um, the other one, a lot of a lot of startups don't have a growth strategy. They they want to make a product. They want to make a product, and they do, and it's great. But when it's ready, they're like, okay, who's going to buy it? And there's nobody there. So we've actually been contacted by a few companies like that that just expected the product to sell itself. And the way that it really happens in an ideal world is the moment you think of the idea of the product, you're starting to sell it. You're talking to people about it. You're talking about why you're doing what, what your purpose is. And you're engaging early stakeholders and in what that company could look like. And if you take it from the other side where you think, well, it's my product. I know everything about it. And I want it to be everything I hope and dream it can be. That's where some people make a mistake because you want everyone to feel like they own this idea and this product. It's not yours. And so it's it's a bit of an ego thing, maybe. But if you can figure out how to engage people in the purpose of what you're doing, it'll be a better product and you'll have your early adopters ready well before the product is finished. Um, and I guess the last thing I would th say is finding a partner early can be very powerful. So if you're a young company and maybe you're a young person, you might not have credibility for implementing solutions into large enterprises. But if you partner with a big company, you have instant trust. They have a customer base. They have credibility. Um, they've delivered before. And so they're just really the perfect way to, to sort of help people early on without them being threatened by the fact that you're a new company. So you said maybe one thing and I gave you four, but... <laughs> <laughs> The more the merrier. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, and we were talking just before this, like this, that was, you know, this was a big topic. I was just at the ILTACON 2022, which is a legal tech. Um, there was over 4,000 people, you know, in just outside of Washington. And they had a, a lot of sessions about, you know, working with startups. Um, and for law firms, it was very interesting to hear both sides of, you know, why the startups wanted to work with the law firms but why it was good for the law firms to work with the startups as well. And a lot of it was, was built around that early adopter um, and it was built around communication between, you know, the law firms or the in-house legal departments and the startup to make sure that they were almost growing it together at the beginning um, as opposed to working in silos. Yeah. I mean, for an established company, a law firm, one of the greatest ways to find innovation is to partner with someone a new company. It's very difficult to innovate in an established legacy company. It just that's it's it's risk averse. It's probably um, you know into the sort of more process oriented things. But partnering with a startup could be key to the next level of innovation for your organization. So it's cool. Absolutely. So Katie, one of the questions I ask everyone as we're coming to the end of our podcast is if there was something that you could tell your younger self now that you've had so much more experience, what would that be? Well, of course, maintain your growth mindset <laughs> through your whole life, right? Um, I think the speed of change is accelerating. 
And that's becoming even more important. And I'll give you an example. It's kind of silly, but I was visiting my dad and I drove him downtown. At the time, he was still driving himself, but I drove him downtown and we parked at a parking lot. And the only way you could pay for parking was with an iPhone, with a phone. like a, yeah. And he did, he has a flip phone. And so I paid for parking on my phone and it occurred to me, oh my God, if you don't have an iPhone or a smart device, you can't pay for parking when you go downtown. It's such a simple thing. But more and more of those types of things will start happening. And if you're not adopting technology, um, you'll have difficulty just functioning, just parking your car. And, and going back to my dad, I mean, he does have the growth mindset. He learned how to use a computer when he was 80. He's uh, he, uh, he came to visit me here and incorporated a company when he was 85. And so, you know, that's stunning that, that you can still grow and learn. I think he... He raised $1.5 million when he was 60 years old and started a company as well. So that idea that, you know, you stop learning and growing and as you age is, is not valid. We can all continue to learn through our whole lives. Well, it's nice for me to hear how much he did after he was, you know, after he was 60, because people often, when I said that, you know, I was leaving to start a company of my own, a lot of people said, Oh, are you retiring? And I was like, no, I'm just getting started. Right. So yeah. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I am definitely of that growth mindset at this point. So I think you are. <laughs> well, Katie, thank you so much for joining me today and helping us untangle the web of growth mindsets. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So that's it for this week. Uh, please join us as we continue to untangle the web surrounding law and legal tech. Bye for now. To learn more about SpiderSilk solutions or implementing legal technology, visit our LinkedIn at SpiderSilk Innovative Solutions Inc. or Instagram at SpiderSilk Solutions. Join us again next week as we discuss improving legal operations with Mike O'Connor and Amir Rochef.